the most common one we see is like for a business to connect with their customers, to connect with their audience and share value and insights that are kind of around the topic that uh, the challenge that the company helps their customers solve. And that's uh, something we've seen be very, very valuable. You're listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Welcome everyone to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today we're talking about podcasting. Seems like everybody has one these days, from Dax to Joe to countless ones on sales and marketing. Of course, the best one out there, this one. But the question becomes, how has the tech evolved? Uh, How does it make us more effective? What role should a podcast play in growing your business in total, or should it? Uh, To help us, we have with us Zach Moreno and Rockfelder, co-founders of Squadcast. Thank you both for taking time and welcome to the show. Thank you for having us on, Chad. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah, so thank you. before we jump in, we always like to ask this random question uh, just for people to get to know you and would love to understand from each of you kind of one thing you're passionate about that maybe our listeners might be surprised to learn. And Zach, you want to jump in first? I think for me, uh, my passion is summed up in, in helping people express their creativity and, uh, you know, I've, I've always found that you add collaboration to that creative process and, uh, and kind of amazing improv things happen. So that, that's what really fuels my passion. Love it. And how about you, Rock? Yeah, my, my passion personally is, you know, aside from all the things that Zach said, I love working at Squadcast and helping podcasters and content creators, but I'm also a big fan of, of physical fitness or, or physical IQ or physical Q, if you will. So uh, one of the big things I like to do is train martial arts, specifically Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So that's like a big passion of mine in addition wow. to podcasting. Nice. Do you uh, ever get into CrossFitting at all? I did. So that's what started my journey, uh, so to speak, was uh, I've always been into like lifting weights and stuff like that. But CrossFit really expanded my way of of what exercise is like and incorporated stuff like kettlebells and rope climbs and all that stuff. (laughs) And the gym I went to also had a Brazilian jiu-jitsu class. And so one of my friends was like, hey, we should try out Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It's really cool. I think you'd like it. And I didn't take him seriously that we would actually (laughs) follow through and did it. And from the first class that we did, I was like, I was terrible, uh, you know, and I was coming from CrossFit. So I thought I was in shape, but was getting tossed around like a rag doll from people that were much smaller than me and was like, I want to get better at this. This seems like a lot of fun. And it's been a, a huge passion of mine ever since. Yeah, a buddy of mine signed us up one time to do Krav Maga. And uh, I, thought, nice. I, I think I thought he did it because we were we might have been having some we probably were having some drinks. And I thought he did it just as like a, you know, oops, I signed us up. Man, got my butt handed to me. Yes. (laughs) I was not prepared for that. And Zach, did I hear you say as we were warming up, you taught at Cal Berkeley? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I did a full stack web development boot camp at uh, Cal Berkeley in San Francisco. Nice. Excellent. All right, gentlemen. Well, I'm looking forward to this conversation, obviously, because we're on a podcast. But Squadcast has been around for about four years. And it seems kind of interesting. I'm always curious what inspired you to get into the market because four years ago it was it wasn't as I wouldn't say as in the spotlight as I feel like it has been the last two. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious what really you know what was the impetus? What was the inspiration? 
Yeah, a lot of startups uh, talk about pivoting, and uh, for us, it was it was a pivot, but it wasn't from uh, from like a past startup to to what we do now. It was more that we wanted to do a creative side project and collaborate on that uh, that podcast. We wanted to do a science fiction audio drama because uh, we thought that that would be within our skills and um, <laughs> and would be fun and to try something new and. We loved listening to podcasts for for years before that because of our our love for learning. Rock actually introduced me. Um, we're longtime friends from high school. He introduced me to podcasts as a listener. So fast forward a couple of years, and we decided hey, let's try to make our own and have some fun with some storytelling through audio. And um, the catch was that we were a remote team looking to collaborate on very high quality production. And that really became the barrier, the bottleneck to us doing that project was being able to capture high quality audio without being in the same room. And that really was discouraging at first and kind of a real bummer, like this might not happen. And that really became the, the catalyst for the, uh, the idea behind Squadcast as it is today. So we, uh, we really just dug into that, that challenge that we faced. We started researching and listening to the podcast community and what people had been doing to overcome those challenges before, seeing if people were happy uh, with the state of the art, so to speak, and also being a full stack web developer and software engineer, it started putting together some pieces about how we could solve this uh, long-time problem with, uh, with a really new approach and new technology. Well, and I have to say, both of you have the highest quality mics and best sounding audio of anybody I've had on this year. So we so. better. <laughs> Quite a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> so, and it's, it's not easy quality. No, it's not. And, it, and it's funny. It, it takes a lot, even though, you know, as you saw in the email that I sent in advance, a lot of our guests, uh, I wouldn't say today, but maybe the first year or so weren't familiar with the medium. And so we had mm -hmm. to give pretty specific instructions on how to kind of minimize the the crap audio or the background noise or somebody doing dishes. Actually, I, I think one of our early episodes, somebody was recording in a kitchen while somebody else was doing dishes. So if you listen carefully, you can hear somebody doing dishes in the background. And that kind of quality was okay <laughs> four years ago. But today, there's a higher level of expectation in the production that goes on to it. I mean, I'm a huge, I have a tendency to listen to really dark podcast maybe that says too much about me but mm. like uh <laughs> the one on the black dahlia murders and mm. uh, uh down the hill and now i'm into some somebody somewhere all about uh, the U AUSA's murder uh, up in seattle in nine in 2001 so just those kind of productions they just suck you in it's kind of like the old radio productions and so that change in audio right. quality is definitely one of the changes we've seen but i'm curious what else have you seen change in the in the podcast community and or expectations from listeners uh since you guys founded squadcast well you're absolutely right chad that four years ago the space was pretty pretty different than what it is today which is really exciting a lot of developments happened in the last two years and when we first entered the space like zach said we stumbled upon this problem uh, trying to create a podcast but we realized that there was no industry standard for when it came to recording a podcast remotely and so we really saw squadcast as the opportunity to provide that to the community because not everybody's going to have the ability to meet in a studio or be in the same room to record that conversation and but they're still going to want to have that conversation so squadcast is really that cloud studio experience but you're right uh when we first started like quality was a, a debated topic of is it even worth the effort is it is it uh, do you even does it matter and you know we we said yes it does and and if it doesn't matter now it will matter later because as podcasting gets more uh mainstream and and generally uh recognized 
quality is one of the things that is in the creator's control that can separate them from the rest of the podcasts in their category. So why would you not try to set yourself apart? And now with more listeners listening to shows, the expectations for quality uh, has just gone higher as well. So it's it's been an exciting development. We're really happy that people are, you know, kind of saying the same things that we've been saying for four years, where it's not like this uphill debate of does quality matter? It's like, everyone kind of agrees that quality is is important. And I think it's a lot of, uh, it's our duty as a company in the industry just to, to educate people on how to do that. It, it doesn't have to be complicated, uh, but there are a few steps and a few things that uh, we encourage the, the podcaster and encourage their guests to hold themselves accountable for to ensure that they have a really good experience. Yeah. When I, when we started this one three years ago, I knew Jack about podcasting, right? I had listened to him. I knew I would listen to the ones that sounded good and the ones where the audio were, was crap. I'd kind of turned off and uh, mistakenly thought that I could read an article <laughs> online and figure out how to do this myself. And that failed absolutely miserably. So i in order to get the quality on ours, I, I work with an outside agency because I, I have a lot of other things I have to do with, with the business, but there are, you know, emerging, competitors for Squadcast, other technologies that are out there. And I think it creates, especially for me, even as a podcast host, it creates a confusion on what the hell should I be doing or shouldn't I be doing? What separates one thing from another? So when you think about Squadcast kind of in the market that you're in, what is it that you feel like separates your approach to helping people create the content versus others? Yeah, lots of things. I think it's a focus on the things we've touched on already, you know, an emphasis on quality. And I think to, you know, to add to the great answer Rock gave, it's the collective professionalization of podcasting. And you see that across the different categories within it, within podcasting, ours included. So, so I think that's a really good trend that speaks to the sustainability and, uh, you know, just the, the awesome uh, possibilities within podcasting. But um, to answer your question about about our focus and how that helps us differentiate for our customers and and therefore for their listeners and their show experience, is is really this emphasis on on two things. It's 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 how we capture the quality. But you know, even if I could tell you, Chad, like here's the best sounding version of yourself possible. If you never actually got that file because I, I I sent it to you, but it got lost in transit, like that would be a real downer, uh, right? So I think it's really the, the other side to the coin is the reliability. So making sure that we can capture this really uber sounding, awesome quality source audio from you and your guest. Usually podcast hosts sound great, but their guest, like you said, with the dishes, <laughs> their guest will sound less than great or, or no. the the listener has no choice but to start comparing the audio quality between the two speakers or three speakers. And, you know, there are studies on how that impacts people's perception of credibility. And if you think about why we talk to podcast guests, it's because they're experts, they have something interesting to say, they have influence, they understand something very deeply, and you generally want that person to come off as credible. So if quality starts to kind of work against that credibility, that can really impact how your listener actually walks away with the message that, uh, that you were sharing in that episode. So we focus on those two things above all else is, is making sure that we're capturing the, the best quality possible to, to give you and your creative team all the creative possibilities in post-production to, to cut together a really great sounding episode 
or just publish it straight up because it's it's good enough without editing. Um, you have you have flexibility with recording with us. So the reliability piece, though, is really what has led to um, some intellectual property, two patents pending that we're very proud of, and that is really how we upload the audio in a very reliable way. So we call that progressive upload, or you can think of it kind of like a cloud autosave. While you're recording in the background, we're already recording that audio, but also uploading it in the background. And that really gives us, you know, both quality and reliability. And, uh, and then beyond that, if you record everybody in separate tracks, like we do on Squadcast, this kind of meta issue can arise that is probably vocabulary that most people aren't familiar with. And that's, that's okay. We're trying to eradicate it. Um, <laughs> and that's this problem of audio drift where, the timing of people's tracks, their their audio can start to slip out of sync from one another. And uh, us as creative professionals end up wasting more time or spending more time or paying our, our uh, you know, our, our post-production team more to fix these problems that shouldn't be there in the first place. So with Squadcast, you're always going to get your audio and it's always going to line up and sound great. Excellent. And so when somebody starts to think about a podcast, because again, every, it seems like every time I turn around, somebody's like, oh, I should do a podcast on this or a podcast on that. And the, the topics are endless. I mean, if, if anybody's ever gone to look, you can literally get lost looking at different topics out there. But I think when somebody goes to start a podcast, they really have to have a foundation of kind of what's their goal. So aside from, you know, the quality, obviously, which is, you know, we all agree is critical. What three things would you tell somebody to focus on if they were planning on starting a podcast today? Yeah, well, I think one of the the top ones that I kind of see happen a lot that we is more so of what not to do. So it's not spend too much time just focusing on the equipment or just really, like you said earlier, Chad. Like there's there can be a lot of confusion. There's a lot of information out there, and it can kind of be uh, you can kind of get decision fatigue from that. And so we see podcasters kind of not get started because they're so focused on the equipment or the 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 software. And the, so the best thing you can do is just get started. I mean, sure. A, a microphone is definitely going to make you sound better than, than not recording with a microphone, but it, it's only going to get you so good. The best thing that you can do is create content on a recurring basis and just, just continue to do it. And you will get better and you will start to grow an audience, start to build influence. So yeah, that's one of the, the one or two things out of the top three. You got anything else for, for, for the folks here, Zach? Yeah, I think I think it's something where there's all sorts of ways and that somebody can add value with the podcast. And I think setting setting that upfront intention can really be helpful because I think a lot of people get discouraged when they see, oh, it's going to take time to grow an audience. And it's like compound interest is with investing. So that's really where setting clear goals and milestones up front uh, as to what you want to get out of your podcast, what you want other people to get out of your podcast. I think making decisions through the lens of what's best for your audience and best for your listener is, is always a, a North star that I, I recommend podcasters make decisions through because otherwise it can get into, Oh, you know, my guest or me or my team and all of those uh, roles matter. All those people, you know, contribute to the to the production of the content but it's at the end of the day it's a product that's for our listeners so i think that that's really good to to optimize around and and then also you know what what are you getting out of it like is it part of your business and it's going to feed growth there so if if that's the setup then and we see that a lot it, it, it's not really about monetizing the content itself you're it's feeding into your business which is somehow 
you know, adding value through a product or service. So there's all sorts of ways to think about monetization even. But if you're just starting out, I think, you know, monetization shouldn't really be part of the conversation. Like start with the foundation of really great content. And like Rock said, the, the habit of recording on a regular cadence uh, is super important to audience growth. If you get those two things down, then you can start kind of think about, okay, how do I improve from here? And, uh, you know, there's all sorts of, uh, it's, it's not all silver and gold, right? There's, there's, <laughs> social, there's social equity, there's lifting up other people's voices and helping share their story um, and helping others. So if you're clear on what you want your outcome to be, then you're not going to be disappointed that you're not like Jordan Harbinger or something like that, right? With, uh, with, these, with these ad deals. That's one path. That's one way to go. Um, but there are, there are many paths that all uh, are successful for podcasters. Well, and let, let's talk about that for a second. Because when we started this podcast, our goal was to, it was, it was honestly, it was to help feed my head. Because when I started my business, it was, I knew I was going to be too busy to read as much as I had or meet with other professionals as much as I had. I knew I was going to have to be focused, laser focused on getting the business off the ground, but I still didn't want to give that up. So the podcast seemed like a, you know, win-win situation. I could, I could have guests on, I could feed my head. And then if it provided content and value for the listeners of a certain ilk, then they, that would be great. We also made the decision very early on not to monetize the podcast. We made the decision and we, we don't, we don't have advertisers. We don't work to monetize the podcast. It truly is kind of evolved into a opportunity for us to share insights and, and thought leadership from other individuals for our audience. But there are people that want to get into it to monetize it. And I'm curious, you said, you know, don't worry about that at first. How do you know when they should start to monetize it? And what ways could they? I literally have no idea because I've never even thought about it. <laughs> Yeah, and there's some decisions you can make up front that, that give you that optionality. Uh, I think that's, uh, you know, super important. A lot of people think about one of the first choices a podcaster makes is like, okay, how am I going to host my podcast? And that word in our community has many meanings. It's almost demeaned. Um, but hosting in this case is like the media host. How do I actually get my audio onto the web so that people can listen to it? You know, and, and people can get hung up on just that decision right there. But I think one thing that is uh, you want to be on the lookout there for and it's also to my point before about the collective professionalization of podcasting is when we first started out there was this big question mark about how do we even measure who's listening to podcasts and how is that measurement how how do those analytics help me you know get these ad relationships so that i can have that style of monetization um, and that's something that we've seen evolve tremendously when it comes to a standard. The IAB2 standard has emerged for media hosting companies. So if you're making that decision and just starting out your podcast, like just make sure that whatever host you're using complies to that standard. And that's really going to set you up for success so that in the future, you will know, hey, I have this many listeners. And at a point, I think those listeners who are interested, that, that number of listeners who are interested in my very specific niche topic are very valuable to, you know, this spirit company or to, you know, this, this other company um, or this, this agency um, can help connect me with companies that I think would, uh, would really value the connection with my listeners. I think having that data is a prerequisite. So just kind of having that in your mind for, for the long term is, is a really great way to set yourself up for success. So you have that optionality. You may choose, you know, a few months into the journey not to monetize it or, 
that it's really going to be Patreon that's going to be your style of monetization. There's actually a bunch of different ways to, to think about that. The most common one we see is like for, for a business to connect with their customers to connect with their audience and share value and insights that are kind of around the topic that a challenge that the company helps their their customer solve. And that's uh, something we've seen be very, very valuable. And I think uh, a strategy that's kind of less talked about. Okay. And so what about what about videos with podcasts, recording a video? I mean, we've seen some of that increase. Um, I don't know. I, we don't do it um, because we're not putting this up on YouTube or promoting the video in other ways. But kind of what are you seeing or, or what do you recommend when people think about um, the video aspect of it? Should it be there? Shouldn't it be there? Because that's another area of quality that adds another realm of, of caveats and challenges. Yeah. So actually there's a video component to Squadcast currently. And we just felt like it was important to, we wanted to give our, our customers the option to see their guest or co-host because we felt like it helped build rapport and just added to the conversation that the listeners were hearing. Uh, but as you can imagine, customers are very happy with the audio recordings they're getting from Squadcast and they're saying, hey, there's video here too. Like I could actually really use the video feed. And that wasn't necessarily intuitive to us as outsiders because we thought, okay, they're podcasters, they're focused on audio. That's all that they're really going to want as far as to, to publish. But what we found is that there's so many different use cases for incorporating video into your show and seeing it more as a show, not just a podcast. It's, it, the podcast may be the, the entree or the main focus of their content production, but using the video to promote on social media or to add a, to YouTube, which is a, a very popular search engine. So a, lot, a good way to get discovered, have your podcast be discovered is through YouTube. So uh, it is the most requested feature on Squadcast to add video recording. It's something that we're we're testing internally now and actually going to start rolling out here pretty soon to become generally available. So we're really excited about that. But it's really rooted in customer feedback telling us that like, hey, you know, I, I kind of want my show to be everywhere. My audience, it, it, I need to be where my audience is at. And some of my audience is on Spotify. Some of them's on YouTube. Some of them's going to find me on social media, which is actually becoming a, a more common way that that people are discovering podcasts. So it's really just empowering the content creator to reach as many people as they can and then and, and continue to build their show and influence. And so, okay, so videos obviously being requested, but if we look beyond that, what do you see as the next big thing in podcasting or content creation as we go into, into next year and beyond? So I think the thing that's difficult for a podcaster is you, it's a very, it's kind of a lonely game, even, um, <laughs> see, I think yeah. you can, you can relate. Right. And so I think getting, sometimes the podcaster is, is, is full of passion and, and, and doing all the things that Zach and I just recommended here, but they really don't know if it's resonating with their audience or if they're like, who's listening, how engaged are they? So I think kind of breaking that wall and helping the podcaster get some more direct feedback, similar to like how a, you know, a comedian, they're a stand-up comedian, when they're telling jokes, they kind of get instant feedback if that joke hit or didn't. And I feel like a podcaster's kind of dealing with the same problem of not being able to get that feedback. So getting interactive and getting to know their audience a little bit better, I think is a huge thing that we're excited about. Awesome. So we've talked a lot about what what Squadcast does here and there, but would love for you just to be able to provide the audience kind of the, the quick overview of, of what it is that Squadcast does and what they should be turning to you for. Yeah, happy to. So um, I think at its core, we help 
podcasters connect with their guests anywhere in the world. So it's a, it's, it's a web application where you can just send a link to somebody really easy to connect with them. And, uh, and then your guest at that point is hands off. They can focus all on the conversation and you as the host have controls to start and stop recording. You have a lot of insight into what your guest is recording with as far as their microphone, their camera, their network speed, where they're at in the world. There's a lot of transparency that can be helpful to, to know that your guest is using the mic that's in front of them. We, we can forget sometimes that our guests are not like us. They're not professional podcasters. So it makes it really easy to, uh, to work with your guest, do multiple takes if you need to, and have that peace of mind all the while that the technology is not going to get in the way. It's going to be there to help you when you need it, but is uh, really just to fade into the background so you can focus on your guest and that conversation that's going to resonate with your audience and, uh, and not need to worry. Uh, I think we've all kind of experience some worry when we do these remote content production style recordings, you're always kind of wondering if you're going to get the file at the other end of it. So we lean into that and provide a lot of transparency into what Squadcast is doing with the recording and peace of mind that you're always going to get that. We have primary recordings that are in WAVE and MP3 for audio today. And then we also have backup recordings that are just recorded automatically in the background without needing to do anything. And that's the entire conversation from start to finish. So that's really the experience. And uh, to give you a sense of the scale here, you know, we help, uh, we help a lot of podcasters record a lot of content. So over 120 countries, we've helped people connect. And uh, every month we see about a year of audio recorded on the platform currently. So it's uh, amazing uh, how many people we can help record and connect each other and uh, really provide that, that positive audience experience for, for the listeners. Awesome. All right. So let's change direction here a little bit. We ask all of our guests two standard questions at the end of each interview. The first is simply as co-founders, as revenue executives yourselves, that actually makes you prospects for other sales professionals. And I'm curious mm -hmm. to know if somebody mm -hmm. doesn't have a referral, if there's not somebody you trust that's referring them in, what is it that works with you most effectively for someone to capture your attention and earn some, earn the right to some time on your calendar? Yeah, I think this is something that Rock and I uh, talk about actually fa fairly often and is something that you're totally right. Like we, we do some sales on, on our end as founders, uh, so we have empathy for that. But then, yeah, as a technology company um, and an executive, we, uh, we work with a lot of different partner companies and vendors that help us uh, provide different aspects of our service. So we really look for something similar to, to what our style, where it's, um, it's more so just focusing on, on what, the, what the problem you're trying to solve is, doing some homework up front, and, and having that empathy for like actually helping people solve that challenge. So I think if, uh, if those boxes are checked for me and, and people aren't like too pushy or anything like that, they can get some time with us to really talk about how they can help. Awesome. Anything you'd add to that, Rock? Yeah, I think very similar to what Zach said. Um, I just, you know, too often when dealing with sales folks, I feel like they're very focused on the short term and focused on their needs and not so much like what 
I, the customer actually need. And it's very frustrating because, you know, they're not coming from a, a place of empathy or not looking to build a relationship for the long term. It's all about the short term stuff. And for me, it's a complete turnoff. And I feel, I feel like it's an issue, but it, I have empathy for them because I'm sure it's, if you follow the incentive structure that they're just trying to, they're just playing the game the way that <laughs> within the rules and trying to optimize for, for their personal gain or their company's gain. So I get it, but I, it's a huge turnoff for me. And I'm actually a lot more, I communicate that more now because it's just, it's, it's, uh, it, I don't care that your, your quarter end is coming. That has, I don't, that doesn't matter to me, you know, but they act yeah. like it does. And it, it's incredibly frustrating to deal with. Absolutely. And we spent a lot of time working with teams to help get them out of that mindset, regardless of what the comp structure is, because you're right. It is absolutely annoying as hell. So, Good. all right. Last one your way, Chad. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Please. Well, actually, it's funny because when we when I get really poor prospecting to me, I turn around and go to the CEO of the company and say, hey, if you want me to help you fix this, let me know. Mm. Uh, because nice. this is, so it's almost like, because of what I do, it's, it's almost like the prospecting comes to me at times, which can be great. Some CEOs don't respond too well to that, but you know, Hey, I, can't, can't win them all. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, last question, we call it our acceleration insight. If there was one thing you could tell sales, marketing, or professional services, people, one piece of advice you could give them that you believe would help them hit their targets. Uh, what would it be and why? Yeah. You want to go first rock? I will say, so, yeah, again, it just goes down to, to playing the long game. I think too often with especially sales individuals, they do everything they can to get the sale. But once the sale's done, it's almost like their job is done. But a lot of times when uh, a company decides to select a vendor, it's often because of the individual that they were working with on the sales team. But there seems to be a disconnect when you're past being a prospect and actually a customer where you kind of get passed on to the customer support or customer success. And there's this big disconnect. And so I feel like if sales individuals would would try to play the long game and look at things more holistically and not just like the sale doesn't end right after, you know, the paperwork is signed, so to speak, I think, I think, I think we, people would be a lot more happy with companies, but that's just, again, my, my personal impression being an, an executive and, and, you know, it's something that we try to foster with Squadcast because we have a customer support team who is different than what Zach and I do. But uh, fortunately we're, we, you know, are still small enough that we can all stay in contact, but we really don't want to lose that where it, uh, it, it kind of falls in line with what we've seen other companies kind of fall victim to. And Zach, anything you'd add to that one? I think what Rock just said, but also, you know, when you're working with people, whether they're peer companies or partners or, uh, or customers, like just always try to look for ways to make things a win-win, you know, like be, be trying to, to help other people and, and that, that helps your business just as kind of a side effect. So I think if you're focused on that, that as kind of a prerequisite, then, you know, other people are going to know you're coming from, from a good place thinking about, like Rock said, the long-term and, you know, reputation and actually upholding that and fostering it over the long-term. If you're doing that and, and looking to help people with a win-win that, that I think resonates and goes a long way with uh, people in all sorts of relationships. Perfect. Excellent. So Rock, Zach, thank you so much for taking time. I cannot thank you enough for, for being on the show today. Thank you, Chad. Really appreciate it. All right, everybody, that does it for this episode. Please check out Squadcast. I'm sure you can find these gentlemen on LinkedIn. Give it a look. Don't let any of your own hesitations keep you from creating some amazing content that are going to change people's lives out there. And you know the drill. Check us out at b2brevexec.com. Share the episodes with friends, families, coworkers. Let your kids listen to it instead of play on screens. And until next time, we at Value Selling Associates wish you nothing but the greatest success. 
You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.